0: Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. This is the monster from the swamps, Regis Rugeru program. It hey, was up. This is King Carlos Polina, former IBF world champ.
1: This is Michael, the Bounty Hunter, 2012 Olympian, and your People's Champ. This is Charlie Edwards flyweight champion
0: of the world.
1: This is Fast Eddie Chambers and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man Joey Coastman. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 231 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host Joey Coastman. I'm riding solo this week. It's just me, myself and I know I had Sumra. Um, obviously it's you know, it's a, it's a It's a crisis that the world is going through right now Um, with the coronavirus situation and stuff like that. Lots and lots of fights falling through. Therefore, a lot of fighters are um, a little bit hard to reach at the minute. You know, a lot of them are, you know, just quarantining, having family time and are totally, totally unsure whether or not their fights will end up going ahead. So um, rather than getting a, a bunch of guests on that, you know, won't be sure if they're actually fighting, Um, I decided to do something a little bit different. We're going to have just the one guest on this week's show. It's going to be the former IBF bantamweight world champion, Stuart Hall. It is going to be a lengthy podcast. I know a lot of people are, um, are starved of podcasts right now because a lot of podcasts as well are just stopping through this period because, again, there's not really much to talk about. There's nothing to review. There's nothing to preview. Um... All I'm gonna really do is, you know, just read out the latest news and then I'm gonna bring in guest number one, the former IBF world champion Stuart Hall. The interview will be around about ninety minutes, so like I say, quite a lengthy podcast. And then after that I'll come in with the with the with the ending of the show and, and that'll be all. So just gonna go over the the brief little bits of news that I do have. Um Obviously, Usyk against Chisora that seems to be on as it stands. It's May 23rd. We know that there's been some kind of announcement in the UK that um, you know major sporting events and stuff like that won't be taking place throughout the month, um, March and April. It hasn't yet gone on to May. So as it stands, Usyk against Chisora is um, is is one of the you know the 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 safe cards at the minute. Um, Obviously, you know the cards that were supposed to take place last week, like Shakur Stevenson's card, and like um, Michael Conlan's card that was supposed to take place this Tuesday. Both got postponed, we know that. Um, Zelfa Barrett has parted ways with Queensbury Promotions and Frank Warren, but he's signed now with Matchroom Boxing. That's a good signing for them, obviously. Zelfa Barrett, a brilliant, brilliant fighter. Um, a real bright future. I remember seeing him lose to Ronnie Clark in his sole defeat, but a bright future he has nonetheless. Um, it's a fight, though, that you know I kind of wanted for Archie Sharp, but it seems like now they're both... Um, you know, with rival promoters, it doesn't look like that's ever going to happen. Um, again, lots and lots of cards have been postponed and stuff like that. The 28th of March card at the Coventry Sky Dome with Shakam Pitters against Chad Sugden won't be happening. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen there because, again, Craig Richards was supposed to be boxing Shakam Pitters and he couldn't fight because he wasn't well. Um, I'm wondering if Chad Sugden is actually going to end up getting a shot You know, when it gets rescheduled, will he get a shot or will he not? Because by that time, Craig Richards might be well again. I'm not quite sure the situation will be there. Um, Saturday, the 25th of April as well, at the National Sports Centre in Crystal Palace. Um, Alex Dilmagani was set to top a bill there. So that one's off as well. That's two um, Hennessy Promotions cards that have been, um, you know, postponed to, uh, to, to hopefully later dates. Um, Maryland, April seventeenth. That show has been cancelled. Um, Regis Progre against Maurice Hooker. That one was was um, a bill topper, a great fight at one forty. Obviously, we had Regis Progre on the show a couple weeks ago, and again, like I said, you know, there's no real point getting other boxers on that are set to fight within the next couple months because their fights more than likely won't be taking place. So, what's really the point? Um, top rank again, a couple of. Um, cards that they have, they have um, cancelled. There's been quite a few of them. Obviously, they've postponed their their events as well. I think there's a quite a few actually. There, I um, can't remember off the top of my head which ones and stuff like that. But again, Matchroom have postponed their their um their Newcastle show, which had. Um, Lewis Ritson against Miguel Vasquez, that one I think has been put off as well. And um, Terry Harper against Natasha Jonas, that one, that one's off as well. And the, the hotly anticipated David Avanesian versus Josh Kelly at the O2, that one's off, which is a real shame. Uh, we also know that Dubois versus Joyce, that card has been cancelled. I think they've moved it though to Saturday, July the 11th. Still at the O2 Arena. I believe the tickets for the first fight which was set to be April 11th, will still be valid for July 11th. So if you hold on to your ticket, you'll be able to get into the to the rescheduled date. But again, it's really unclear at this stage if that will even be able to go ahead, you know? Things are seeming to get worse with this coronavirus stuff. Um, also, um, uh, which card was it? Um, May the 2nd, Josh Taylor. Again, he was supposed to be defending his... Um, his two world titles against um, his opponent in Glasgow made a second, like I say that one 's been postponed as well, so that really is all the boxing news you know it 's all bad news, everything 's been cancelled, and stuff like that, like i say there 's not too much to speak about i 've really gone over the news there, nothing to review, nothing to preview um we're bringing you a lengthy interview in just a few seconds. What I do want to say, though, if anyone's got any topics that you'd like myself or uh, or I as or even Eddie Chambers, perhaps, to discuss on next week's show then please feel free to um, send some suggestions in, you know, because providing there's no real news or anything over the weekend and stuff, then we're going to have absolutely nothing to speak about next week. I will, though, try to get another guest on for a lengthy interview just to give you something to listen to over this very tough period. Um, But like I say, if you've got any suggestions for any topics that I should discuss or anything like that, please, please, we need some suggestions just to fill the time on these podcasts and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it will it will be greatly appreciated. We need some topics to discuss and stuff like that. We've got the time to do it, so sending your suggestions on Twitter at Boxar Podcast. But that is all the talking from myself. It's now time to welcome our first and only guest on this week's podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome the former IBF Bantamweight World Champion. It is, of course, Mr. Stuart Hall. Stew, welcome to the show, my friend.
0: How are you doing, mate? You okay?
1: Very good, my friend. Very good. So, Stuart, we we uh, we should begin with you know a typical question, really. Your boxing journey. Where did it initially begin? What was the earliest memory you have of you know perhaps putting on a pair of gloves for the first time, even?
0: Yeah, um, I remember. Well, I'm 40 years old now, but which is which is slow. But I was a bit of a I was a bit of a naughty kid at school, getting into trouble. And uh, it was me. Dad. My dad took me. I think when I was about nine years old, I was always getting into fights at school, and he took me down um, a gym in Darlington, where I'm from, a local gym at uh, Largefield Field Street. Um, it's not there anymore. It's been knocked down. But Lorry Dignan, Lolly Dignan was uh, was the bloke um, who ran it. So yeah, that was that was my earliest
1: memory. And of course, you know, you turned pro relatively late. I think you were about 28 when you turned pro. Um, yeah. What were you kind of getting up to, like I say, from the first minute you put on a pair of gloves right up to 28? Were you boxing amateur? What What, what did your life consist of?
0: Yeah, I was, uh, I boxed, like you said, my first um, amateur fight when I was 11. I remember that. I, got, I lost it, actually. I lost, uh, and it was from a lad from Bermontovs in Leeds. Danny Wallace his name was anyway it's mad how you remember things like that I mean. <laughs> but um but yeah um I was, I was 11 years old then boxed boxed all the way for the amateur I think I had about I think I had about 100 fights as an amateur wow. um probably probably won about 60 or something but um I got I got I got ripped off a lot I remember uh, I got a few bad decisions back, even back in them days and uh I used to come home and meet. my dad used to say to me, "Oh, Dick Turpin again, son," and I didn't really understand what he what he meant till I, till I was older. So I always used to come in and say I've been robbed. And uh, but yeah, boxed up um, until I was like I said, all of amateur fights. And, but I left. I went to a couple of different gyms. Um, but I, I ended up, I ended up going off the rails a bit to be honest with you. Um, Give it, I ended up moving to a befa when I was nineteen and uh I was in the beef for five years, which was um on the road to Rome really but it was really good times I had really good memories in my life I had some manic very very good times met some very good people but in in life terms i was um i wasn't i was I was, on, I was on a bad path
1: yeah certainly not um, you know not the way most world champions kind of uh, you know start Oh, no, definitely young, definitely yeah. but you yeah. know you, you made your pro debut April 26th 2008 um, do you remember kind of having any pre-fight nerves perhaps some anxiousness before walking out as a pro for the first time do you remember it much yeah I remember my I remember my,
0: um, my first fight I remember I paid very little money for that fight <laughs> <laughs> but I was but I think I think I don't I think my first fight was, um, I'm sure it was six two-minute rounds, if I recall, yeah, recall right, which yeah. people, people, people were saying, oh it's six, six rounds, she first fight. But it was only two-minute rounds, you know what I mean? But and it was against, uh, I think it was against uh, Abdul Abugahar or something. Yes. <laughs> I, can't remember, I can't, yeah. Well, um, he was, apparently he was, uh, one of my friend, friends, Oscar Hall used to box, Michael Hall. I don't know if you've heard of him, but um yeah, uh, uh, he he boxed at Sheffield. Um, he was a really good amateur. Michael He boxed Ricky Riki and that in the amateurs. Um, he he was saying to me, he "said that's a tough fight that for your first fight." I like I can't believe they're getting somebody like that. And obviously he was a journeyman, but he was a very experienced gentleman. He'd had a few wins. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I remember what it was It was just a, lo- a local. Um, uh, it was engineers, uh, but Bo- uh, engineers club actually in Darton and North Road. Um, I was just I was more excited than anything, um, but I always get nervous anyway. I've, had, I've I've been nervous in every amateur fight, in every in every professional fight. So the nerves were just I was just used to the nerves. But yeah, I remember I had the nerves, but I went out and boxed boxed well, boxed good won my first fight. But I only turned I didn't turn professional thinking I was going to do anything. I I I didn't I didn't get an England vest. Uh, being an amateur but I beat all the top lads in amateurs but I had, a, I just had a funny thing that was a bit clicky in the amateurs you had to be up there to get on the England team or something and and it and it, and it, it upset me a bit like I just thought to myself Do you know what I'm not okay. getting no younger this was when I was still amateur before I, I, I rubbed the amateurs in and I said look I'm not okay getting English I'm going to I'm going to have a go turn professional I don't want to be one of these old Old men in the pub saying, "I wish I'd, i wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done that. I should have done that." I said, "I'm just going to go and give it a go. I'm going to give it a go and see what happens." Um, and that's what I did. I, I, I went, went and turned pro. But then I got, I think I got contacted off the um, the England Boxing saying, "Would I go down to Sheffield to the training camps?" I put a letter in the Boxing News about, that I didn't get a call up and didn't get a vest and I was. I thought I should have at least got a boxer England once. I beat all these top lads of box for England loads of times, and then all of a sudden I get a letter saying, "Do I want to go down to a training camp?" Because obviously they must have seen that letter in the boxing news. And I just thought, "Nah, just keep on the same path." I just thought, "I'm not going back amateur." So I did want a vest, but I never got one, and uh, I ended up um, turning professional.
1: And thank God you did. Like I say, a lot of, uh, a, yeah. lot of a lot of you know, they say things. All, all things happen for a reason. Uh, perhaps perhaps that it was is. the case here obviously you won your first three fights in your full fight you had that draw against stuart mcfadden what do you oh, remember from yeah, that remember fight that. should you have
0: got the nod uh, oh i remember that 100 percent. yeah yeah I, I i won that fight hand down i beat it. it was on his show uh it was called the burnley banger i remember him stuart mcfadden and i um and that was it was that bolt that was on his show because I, I think Merlin in my career obviously nobody thought I was going to ever do anything I think people just thought take him on the road Um and I was just on the road really and I was just going on beating everyone uh, and that's where obviously I, I thought actually I, I think I'm alright this but I um that, that draw even his own trainer came up after the fight and said you won that fight Um I'll never forget it. It was um, Steve Gray raft. I'm sure he and he judged it. He did. Yeah, he it, did. It? Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. We've had a few little encounters with me and Steve Gray over the years. Um, which I don't know. I don't know if he likes me or what. But that was that was 100% my fight. I won that fight. Everybody, he, it was ridiculous how he even got the draw. I pummeled him all over the six rounds. He didn't honestly. I, I don't know where, the, where, the, where they got the draw in on training but yeah it wasn't a draw He was I won that fight but yeah it was like but then, obviously then before a fight I, I still didn't really know what the pros was all about I was just fighting and just enjoying it but I didn't really I knew much of I didn't think I was going to do anything in all honesty I didn't think I was going to go on and do what I did anyway so that draw to me was I just feel it's to draw to draw I didn't you know what I mean? I, I didn't. I didn't think I wasn't like one of these Olympians who've come through, had three fights, and had a draw. Because then that would be a shock. But you know what? You know what I mean. You know where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just taking each fight at a time, kind of thing, one at a time.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting to do anything. Not even in my own head. But then when I was, I was, I, when I was stopping people. I was actually. I think I'm not sure what fight it was, but I went and boxed in um, Birmingham. Um, against an unbeaten I think he, he he was unbeaten he had, I don't even had eleven fights or six fights but he was unbeaten and that was your second I got told that mate, yeah. Oh was that one second? Yeah Dougie the Walton one, second, yeah, one, well, Dougie Walton, yeah Dougie Walton, yeah that's the one. <laughs> that's when I that I, obviously I went down my second fight and boxed someone unbeaten. I wasn't meant to win. No. And um I went down I, I knocked him out I stopped him knocked him out and I was thinking to myself Oh, I like this pro. I like this, I like this pro, I like this pro game. It's good. I think mean, you know. What I mean? I, I, I'm hurting people. And I, I didn't realize I was hurting people because I wasn't in the amateurs. But um, but yeah, I'm just glad I turn pro.
1: <laughs> but like I say, after that that questionable draw, um, you know, you you gather another couple of wins over Anthony Hannah and Jason Thomas, and then um, yeah, I read something online. And uh you can correct me or, or tell me tell me what exactly happened. But you were were you in a pub or something when you got the phone call to box Jason Thomas. Um or sorry, after the Jason Thomas fight. No,
0: no, 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 no. no. It was I boxed set Jason then Thomas. You were in and pub. uh I was oh, I tell you what I was at, I was at an unlicensed like boxing show then. Oh, One nice. of my friends was fighting. Uh so but I was drinking, yeah, the pint of lager in my hand it was I think it was about was a few days or the week after I'd fought Jason Thomas, I'd had an and Then Nick Marlin rang me up and said, um, "Look, we, we 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 could fight next Saturday, John. or Friday? No, next Friday. So it was Friday fight night, wasn't yeah. it? I remember that because the Sky was the boxing was on Sky on Friday. He said we we can box Martin Power, Martin, Martin Power. If you join, John, John would try take the fight. And I said, on Sky Sports, I said. Got man power, yeah. Cause I do, cause I do. Like power's former British champion. I thought, hundred percent, yes, I want my fight. And I put the pint down and I said to me, order me a sword and lime, and then a pint of sword and lime. But now, and I only had maybe two pints, and that was the Saturday, that was the Saturday night, and uh, I would just. Got the water, got the water, soda and lime water and started just drinking that down that straight away trying to rehydrate myself because I'd had a couple of pints. But I was a little bit tipsy because obviously I was fit. I didn't really drink that much. <laughs> and then uh, the Sunday morning, I uh, I drove down to Leeds from to and, t- and trained with me. <laughs> little, little, I, I didn't even feel like, too clever really because obviously I had a couple of pints and there. <laughs> I'd, 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 I got I'd get hangovers quite easy. So, But then I went down and got straight in the gym on the Sunday, done a session on the Sunday and, and the following... Thursday I had to drive to Kent for the weigh up that way somewhere and um, yeah we went down and I'll, I'll never forget it because uh, Martin Poy uh, was no title fight or anything and I was I think I was about oh, half a pound I think the fight was made at eight I think it was at eight seven or something it was it was bad but it was, I think yeah it was, it was eight seven I think it was eight seven and a half and oh yeah he said no no make make the I said no mate I said it's not even a he went, nah, nah, I'm out, yeah, I make seven, I make seven, so, I, um, I I had to go downstairs, start skipping, that's the first real taste I got, of having to make weight properly, and beyond, you know what I mean, like, trainers, and other boxers, like, and, because I thought, it was just a fight, you know what I mean, I thought, oh, it's not, it's not for no title, I mean, half a pound, what's half a pound, but then I went down, skipped it off, done it, I come up and got on the scales, I made the weight, and, then. yeah, it was, do you know, I think that was, um, wasn't that on the undercard of um, Tyson Fury? and John McDermott. John McDermott, yeah, and look, God love Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is an absolute legend in my eyes for what he's done, but um, I recall that night, he. Did, I didn't think he won that fight. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, I walked, I, walked. I, I honestly thought John McDermott won that fight by, by quite a lot. Um, I watched it but there because there was a load of travelling community like, watching it. Tyson's lads and John McDermott's lads. And I was just saying, Look, it's gonna kick off here, come on. I'd, I'd had me win, I was happy i I think I stopped Martin Powell in the eighth round or something, but Round ten. That was my first that was my first um my first big fight. No, it was round, round eight, eight yes, and it was yeah, only an eight right. it was only an eight round. yeah, yeah. And I said to my last, come on, I said, listen, let's go, let's go back to the hotel my my kick off in here. I said, Tyson Fury, he's lost that fight. He hasn't won it. Um She said, no, I'm to wait, I wanna wait for the result. I said, because, you know when the 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 fight had finished with the just waiting for the cards, and I said, Come on, I said, it's gonna kick off. I said, come on, let's go. I said, I'll meet you outside then I said, I just left it, mate. I said, Go on, you stay in there, I'll meet you out. here. and I was meeting in the car and she come out. She come on, he won, he won. I went, No, oh jump! She went, oh, Tyson Fury won. I went, you're joking. She went, no, he won the fight. He won the fight. Um, and they were staying in the same hotel because it was a Frank Maloney. Um, now, no, obviously, Kelly Maloney, but it was a Frank Maloney show and um, obviously he was out for at the time.
1: Incredible. Like I say, just to get the timeline right, so you boxed on on, on the Friday um You know, previous to this against Jason Thomas, that was um, the 4th of September, got the win, the next night you're out, having a beer, you know, no harm in the world, and then a phone call comes in, can you box in (laughs) six days' time against a former British champion, a massive step up, you go there to Essex, and um, you stop him, like I said, in the eighth and final round, unbelievable. Um, after that of course you know you pick up another win before then challenging for the British title vacant at the time against the former um, British and European champion Ian Napper. June the 4th the date for that one in the North West um, of, of course this would go on to be the night you become British champion just talk us through that fight and of course the feeling that you must have felt afterwards
0: but that's really, that was just amazing. So I was getting, um, obviously I was getting Sky Sports uh, interviews and coming out to. Uh, I was a roofing at the time. Then I was I was roofing. I was roofing with my friend Wayne Carrick. Um I was roofing every day. But I was finishing roofing at like two o'clock and driving all the way down to Leeds. Um, but then in the end, my dad up to my dad started driving me at Leeds because I was driving. I was obviously I was all over the road, cause I was that tired, you know, trying to drive. And after after work until two and going down train. On the way back I was alright because I was buzzing off the training. But on the way down, <coughs> it was pretty dangerous. I was like nearly falling asleep and that. So my dad ended up taking me down to Leeds in the end. But yeah, that night with me in it was brilliant. Um, I walked in with a sax. got a saxophone player. Um, to to play tune walking in it was uh it was it was a it was a it was a great night but it was very hot that night I think Ian Napper had a bit of an excuse saying it was hot in that but very very tactical fight um I was just trying my hardest to win him and all that it was I thought it was a very close fight um I thought I was either one round or up or one round down when he actually didn't come out for round eight. But apparently he was one, two, and three rounds up on three different scorecards. So all he had to do was get through the fight, and then, um, like obviously on the eighth round when he stopped, all he had to do, all he had to do was practically uh, get through the fighting. He probably would have, he probably would own it. But I'm glad he never. Obviously, I, I must have just disheartened him that much, and just kept on top of him, and he didn't come out for round eight, which was. Uh, it was unbelievable. I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was just, I, I remember saying on Sky Sports, uh, and you can probably find it somewhere on YouTube and find like, this is my world title, this, this is my world title pointing down to this, to the Lonsdale Bell. I was just, I couldn't believe it. It was such a journey. It was, it was, them, them, them British title days, they were great, great nights And um, looking back at my career, especially for me, the crowds and the people who followed me, it was just it was brilliant. Yeah,
1: like I say, unbelievable. I did a little um, rewatch over it the other day. You know, Ian Napper was a lot better than I feel like he kind of got his credit, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very it, close fight, you're honest such, to say. Such a great fight, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like I say, it didn't come out for round nine, it was. Um, in your next fight, <laughs> that's where you get the rematch with Martin Power. This time you stop him in ten. Um, was that kind of... Was that was that win basically a way of saying, you know, the first one wasn't a fluke by any means? Wasn't minutes. a fluke,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Because that's when I started actually I like, in myself a little bit more then thinking Do you know what I did think? I, I I I was um I was speaking to one of my friends and um at the time and uh, he was like, Look, you've got he was like an old, he's an older friend and he was saying, Look, you've got to win this uh you've gotta win that Lonsdale bell out, right? now you've got to keep that belt that's what he was saying he was giving me advice saying you've got, to, you've got to defend you've got to you need to keep that belt and I was like thinking whoa do you know what I mean I, I could actually keep this belt I could actually go on and defend it so that was my goal really just to try and try and uh, I didn't I wasn't thinking at all higher than British level I wasn't in my head thinking I wasn't in my head thinking I was going to win anything when I turned professional but um. I just thought, I I think I can actually try and win this now. I can keep this belt, and it's it's, it's in me house now I'm in the cabinet. I've got it, you know. It's, it was amazing, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, I just went on and thought, right, yeah, I can, I can go and defend this and try and keep it. But my power, it was, um, yeah, that was, just, was just like I'm believing in myself that that first one wasn't a fluke, and um, I box yeah, I enjoyed that fight. I enjoyed that fight, and uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a. He was, more, I think, he was more ready for the fight this time. He was a lot tougher, but he was, uh, he was getting, he was, t- he was taking some serious shots, and that. So the ref was, was good, go, uh, getting like the right, in his right mind doing the right thing to stop the fight. I think it was around ten. He stopped it.
1: Yeah, and like I say, you know, in the end, Stu, when you look back over your career, you wasn't really known as this big puncher or anything, but. A great stat is that you know you stopped Ian Napper in 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 winning the actual title, and all you, all three of your defenses ended in stoppage as well. You know, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. the first defense, like you say, with Martin Power there. The second successful defense, a TKO in seven rounds against Gary Davies, um, in the MEN Arena, and then. Yeah, um, you know your third, uh, your third defense against John Donnelly, where you Donnelly, won yeah. it outright a TKO in the fifth round. Again, as as you know, many people, well, not many people, not many people really become British champion, but even less get to win the belt outright and get it for keeps. You know, um, what was that like yeah. right for you?
0: Oh, that was that was just oh, that was just amazing. Do you know what? I just will not remember that when I was saying this is my world title. I'm not sure if I was saying that. I think I was saying that when I won it outright, actually, yeah. That was um, obviously it was a, quite a few, quite a few years ago. But yeah, when I won that against John Donnelly, that's when I said this is my world title. That's not what I, I, I thought it was when I first won the British title. It wasn't. It was when I won it outright because I knew I'd kept it. I knew it was mine. And um, yeah, it was. It was just brilliant. That belt for keeps. It was. And a lot of people do. I think in boxing now. They're, just, they're, just, they're forgetting obviously because of all the because of all the belts high, high up and that and they're forgetting <clears throat> they're forgetting the heritage of that Lonsdale belt you know like that, how far how far it goes back and that and that's and this day and age I think they win the Lonsdale belt they win the British title and then just move straight onto an intercontinental get rated in the top 10 and just try and win world titles but yeah it's, it's about money of course it's about money it's about supporting your family and supporting yourself but I think a lot of these fighters nowadays are just overlooking that British title and it's it's the best belt out of the lot.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned, obviously, the heritage. Not only that, but just the way it looks. It's it's the best-looking belt in the world, in my opinion, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely it is. It's my favourite. You
1: are right, though. You know, a lot of people these days are skipping past that, and, you know, they, they end up, a lot of them end up paying the price, you know? A, a prime yeah, they all have come A prime example, yeah, yeah. I say, Stu, is Josh Warrington. Completely did it traditionally, you know, went for all the belts, British champion, Commonwealth, European and look at him now. Some people are saying he's the best featherweight in the world.
0: Listen, Josh there's some stories. Me and Josh have had some absolute wars inspiring. You can ask him, you could if you get to ask him, you can ask him. Back and back in the day when I was like a lot higher than what he was at the time, he was I think he was I went to his fight when he was fighting for the English title. I remember the first time I sparred him, it was like he was like banging his chest and that and I was like, Calm down, what's the matter with your banging chest? And like, oh, it's just people thinking like like they're they hurting me and they're not, you know what I mean? He was like because he was that tough. And me and him have had ten round I mean wars back in the day. Um Wars, like two Mexicans. His dad used to bring bring him and mix loads of times to spar him we had some really, really and I know I, and back then he was he he wasn't a big puncher, but he was just relentless. You know what I mean? He was relentless in sparring. He was always there, and he was it was it was a real real tough spa and It was they were brilliant spars, but um I knew how t- I knew how to but I knew how tough Josh was, but he worked so hard as well. He was like you say, he was a, I think he was a dental technician uh, back then, and he was um he he just worked so hard. He's just, he never cheated. He always done his runs. He was. So dedicated now. Look at look what it's paying off for him now, which which um, which it should. Absolutely. And you know, after
1: winning the Lonsdale belt outright, you went you made the jump, you moved up to uh, to challenge for the <laughs> European and Commonwealth titles against the then champion Jamie McDonnell. This of course is where you'd suffer your first loss as a professional, on points over twelve at the Doncaster Dome. Tell us about that one.
0: Yeah, that was a great fight, but in all honesty, um it was my first twelve round fight, I think, as in going twelve rounds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was the first time I went the distance. So, to be honest, with you, when I look back, I think I was maybe he was a lot more um, experienced to me because he'd done he'd done a few twelve rounders himself, Jamie. Um, and I started off I started off brilliant in that fight. I think um, while watching it back. I was, like, I was like after six rounds I was like one to three with the bookies you know win the fight and the bookies so saying that I'll never get it wrong but some do but um, he, he started coming back into the fight but it was it. I watched that fight loads of times it was so close I thought you know what I mean it was one of them fights where he didn't win it proper massively convincingly but it was it was a real close fight where he just edged it but um uh, yeah, it was my first loss. I was gutted I was actually going away the next day to get married, which is funny enough. I was going away to uh, Mauritius the day after wow. to get married, which um, which dampened it a little bit. But I had to just try and not to think about when I was away. Yeah, I went to Mauritius the next day. I had to be in the company for four days. Got married in Mauritius, and then um, then we then we flew off to the Seychelles for our honeymoon. Um, that was me. That was my first gone. <laughs> <laughs> but like you say, I, I'm one of these you know what I mean money's not there just the thing is <clears throat> yeah I live for, I'm, I'm not one of these people just, I, I live for the now mate, you know what I mean Don't, and I've had 40 years I'm 40, 40 now and I've had an absolute great life I've had I've had I've had a better life than some people have three times over in three lifetimes in 40 years you know what I mean so I've had a great I've had a great time
1: And like I say, after that fight, you bounce back with a win before challenging once again for the European title. If I'm not mistaken, I think Jamie McDonnell vacated the belt. That's why it was vacant at the time um, of this fight here between yourself and Lee Haskins. When you think about it, uh, and it kind of just... You know, it reminded me, looking back at this, we had some really good bantamweights here in Britain at the time. You know, we'd never know that, you know, yourself, Jamie McDonald, Lee Haskins would all eventually go on to become world champions. But, you know, this fight here, a loss to Haskins. Haskins was your real kind of proper good southpaw. I think you'd only boxed one southpaw prior to that. But, um, yeah, you you know, I think that guy was was Jason Thomas, I think was a southpaw.
0: Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, like... When I lost, yeah, when I lost the skins, I... <clears> that looking back now, now I'm finished. Now I'm retired. Me, like I, I think, I, when I look back, I think if, if I had got a bit of help with the mental side of boxing, because I didn't, I didn't. In all honesty, I didn't, I didn't really believe in myself that much. Where when I look back realistically asking is a smooth operator, but he didn't really hurt me. I know, do you know what I mean? I, if I like the, <clears throat> I, I should I should have done a lot better there, but I didn't believe myself. I was nervous going in the fight. I thought I lost the fight, but a, a few a few people were saying I would won the fight. But I thought I would lost the fight, but I didn't. I didn't really do much. I didn't really do much to win the fight. I didn't. I didn't throw that many punches. Um, it was awkward, but. Practically that fight, I I could say I just I just threw it away. Do you know what I mean? It's one of them fights where you look back and you think you didn't leave it all in the ring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And um,
1: at that point, you know, you'd 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 obviously become a British champion, won the belt outright, but then fouled at European level twice. Did you perhaps think you'd hit your ceiling in any way at that point?
0: Yeah, well after our skins fight, I think I was gonna just I was gonna wrap it up. I was gonna, I was gonna wrap it up, but um, I just, um, I think a few, a few friends and um family saying, look, just keep, keep at it, you know what I mean, keep at it, and uh, but that's exactly what I did. I think did I, did I go on and fight for a Commonwealth title after that against Josh, Josh Wilde, World, I
1: think, yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, yeah, Josh, he's still about now, Josh. Yeah. He's like he's like a Jerusalem battery, he. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I went, yeah, I went and boxed uh, for the Commonwealth title once. Then I got I picked up a sponsor as well. My um, my good friend Charles Burwood, he's, um, he, he, he's uh, he he started sponsoring me, which was helping me with money in that. So he was, was giving me like, a bit of money every week at wage, so I could continue and keep keep the dream alive. And then um, if it wasn't for Charles and things like that, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd ever done what I did. But like you said, I went on won the Commonwealth title against Josh Whale. Um, I thought I won that fight quite quite convincingly. Yeah, you did. I mean um,
1: even though he only I think he had four losses at the time, two by stoppage, but no one had actually, you know, outpointed him in my opinion that widely, but for for thirty six minutes yeah. as well. It was a twelve rounder obviously.
0: <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I thought he was in all honesty I watched I watched uh, videos and and um him and make interviews and stuff. I thought, Well, he's he's gonna be really, really tough, hard as nails. He was tough but he didn't hurt me as much as what I thought he was gonna, you know what I mean? when I got in there and he was I was taking his punches, I thought, Oh, this this, this, this he's not what I thought he was gonna be and uh I boxed I boxed well, won the fight and uh, won the Commonwealth title and that's when I thought to myself, I'm still in this game, I was enjoying it again.
1: <laughs> and then, you know, we get to <coughs> we now embark on year uh, the year 2013, a year I'm sure you'll remember very, very well. At the start of the year, you know, um, you, you weren't world-ranked with the IBF, but in May 2013, you boxed for the vacant IBF intercontinental title against Sergio Perales. Obviously, um, he was a
0: former world champion, wasn't he, Perales? Was he? I'm not sure, but oh, I know one thing. Because I looked at his record, and he had a, he had a great record. He'd only been big once or twice. Um, but he'd had about 16 knockouts out of 26 wins or something. Like something it was a 60 odd percent knockout ratio, and I was thinking, oh, he must be able to punch. But then got to the weigh um, I t- towered over him, and I thought, well, he doesn't, he doesn't look now, do you that? I thought he's he, he's, he's not going to work major. And then I'll be honest, honestly, I didn't really make that make that work very well. I was I was a bit. I was a bit daft in making the way I cut a bit too much weight and which was a bit daft in my own fault but um, when, I, when I got in the ring with him and I got hit with one of his left hands straight away oh, it buzzed me straight away like I thought my god this man can punch every shot every shot that paralysis hit me. but um, everyone was saying after it oh, no, you, you never looked bothered once you didn't look bothered once believe you me I was I remember um, I think it was round 6 Seven, round seven, I come back after round seven, it hit me and I sat down on the stool and my eyes, like, I was totally blurred. uh, When you're looking at something, everything around it, like say you were looking at a spot, everything around it was blurry. I was like looking at my trainer Mick in the corner. I could see his face, but everything around him was a blur, and even I quickly like shut my eyes, like as if I was blinking, and it was in inside my head. and I thought, but I'm not, and I didn't tell him like this. I told my friends and that after my family and that, but I, did, I didn't, I thought I'm not, I was doing all right. And he was, he was like, You've got to win these last four or five rounds, you know, when you're down um, going on. But I, I couldn't even hardly see because he, I don't know, he must have concussed me, I'd done something with that punch. And then for round eight. Round nine, blurry. I just, I don't know. I got through them rounds. Round, round eight, round nine. I think I coming back at this after round nine. It was three rounds of that after. I thought I was going to say something to make others and say, "Oh, I can't see. This is this is this is getting bad." And I sat down end of round nine. Around nine or ten, I, thought, I can't actually remember. But it it it, it went. It, I could see yeah, the blur went. You know, the blur the blur had stopped. So I don't know what the what the heck that was, but I didn't tell anybody. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <Thank God. laughs> but I can I can I can I tell people now because all right and it's over. But um, yeah, then then I went on. And I, and I I, I boxed really well the last four rounds, and uh, I I got the nod. But that was he the hardest punch I've ever faced in my full career. paralysis he really did punch hard.
1: Yeah, um, I I'd, I'd mistaken because he, he he wasn't a world champion, but he beaten a former world champion after a couple of fights after after he boxed you. I think he beat um, Real Martinez. I think he stopped him. So um, yeah, that was where my confusion came from. But yeah. like I say, yeah. we, we I, I want to talk about the. The, the the you know the big fight the Malinga fight in a sec. But just before we get onto that, like I say, the beginning of the of the year you you weren't world ranked. All of a sudden you you box for a regional title, you win, you get world ranked, you get a shot at the vacant world title, and you win, and then you're world champion. I'm guessing 2013 must have flown by because not many people obviously get world ranked and then get a world title shot in their very next fight. You know it, it all happens so quickly. It must have flown right by before we get onto the fight itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was just, uh, it was just crazy, but like you say, he was like, I think he was like number five. Number three. And I, and I beat number three or something, and then I, and then I shot up, and then, <clears throat> but I think James McDonald had won it, and uh, he was, get, he, was get, he got stripped of it, which was sad, but if if the, the shoe was on the other foot, and he was going to get the shot, and I was, I was, I was getting stripped, then. I think he would have done the exact same, um, and that's what happened. Um, I got, I got, I got the shot. I got his old title, and I didn't think, and I didn't think it was going to go through. We because I think uh, Jamie was with Eddie at the time, and Eddie was trying to try and put stops to it and stuff, and trying to, which which he would obviously, because he was his more at the time. But I was just in in know thinking. God, am I going to get? I'm going to get this world title shot. Like what? From where I've come from, from. That the little little, little, little from the council of on in Darlington, you know, what I mean? come come from that to a uh, to fight for a world title. It's it's just dreams, isn't it? It's just dreams. And now I'm looking back on it and talking about it, which obviously I'm retired now. I don't really talk much about about it. And uh, but yeah, it's, it was it was just it was just a dream come true. It was brilliant.
1: And talk me through it, I remember watching the fight on Box Nation at the time, um, December 21st, 2013, against Vusi Malinga, IBF number three. Um, Obviously, you know, you always had the reputation, and rightly so, of being tough as nails. Vusi Malinga was a tough South African Southpaw, and we just really saw two tough guys give it their all. You boxed like a man possessed that night, and, um, you know, yeah, just talk me through it.
0: Unbelievable,
1: unbelievable.
0: Right before Christmas as well. I know. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a. <clears throat> it was just. It was just an amazing night. Like, but I trained. I had trained really hard with that. I'd, um, one of me. Like, one of me. One of me best of pals, uh, Johnny Allison. He was a strength and conditioning coach. He I'd, I'd never really done strength and conditioning or anything like that. And um, he, we got him in for that fight. I mean when he he was a close friend, but he he, made, he put me through my paces. Mick, obviously Mick Marsden... um was getting me in this spa and and the boxing side of things, and uh, just trained. I trained so hard for it, but I did. I did. I did believe. I don't know. It must have been something inside me. I did believe I could win it. I could win it. And um, I was looking. But there was negative parts of it when I was looking at like his in with Santa Cruz and he'd, uh, the people he'd fought and that, and just just uh, hearing the things what he was saying about me saying. He thought it was gonna it's gonna be an easy fight for him, it's gonna be walking walk in the back. And I was just thinking obviously he's fought um, world level fighters and so there was a bit of doubt in my head but I don't know, like we say we're in that changing room and walking out to we had a big crowd. It was the first the first uh, major event, boxing event, the first direct arena where Jeff Swarton's had some great nights. Um I just obviously walked out, we got in the ring, Glenn McCroy walked me out, he got I just thought, look, he's gonna—he—he was the, the last world champion in the northeast 25 years ago. He's—he's he's gonna hand the baton over, like, This is—I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do it. And then, it's here like we got in the ring. I looked over the ring, and all no, honestly—the day before the win, I was scared because I looked at him and thought, oh my god, there's the size of him. He was—he just looked ripped, massive, just not—not not an every muscle popping out of his body. I was just thinking, oh my god, he looks he looks massive and that was on the way and then the day after in the, in the when we got in the ring I was just looking across that ring he just looked so big and I just I just thought my god this is going to be tough well then I was just like say, I started off because I, I think I'm, I'm a slow I was a slow starter mate and I'm a slow starter and then um, I went out there and I just bossed that first round and I won that first round. And I think every fight I've won the first round in, I've actually went on and won the fight. But um, what a tough fight. I put him down in the third round. We've been working on left-up, right-hand because was a southpaw and that. We've been working on that punch and he went down and stopped. in the head so I can finish him here. But at that level, they're just they're so, so tough. British level, he probably would have finished him, but just went on grueling, just got up every round. And then I remember some of my friends after the fight saying, look at that round, you you, you looked absolutely knackered, that round. You, look, you looked totally ghost. At the end of every round, of the round six, you looked you look finished. But you know what? When I look back to that fight, <clears throat> I was given everything, every minute of every round. And I think a few fights after that world title fight, I, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't give it everything. I'd left things in the ring, but... I um I give it everything that night and um my, I wouldn't fight, but I think was it round nine or something? My eye shut. Round I think it was round nine or ten. My eye actually shut. And the ref come over and he was like, "How many things?" And all up and that, and I was like, said three two And I was saying, "Please don't stop." But I might, I might, and he was saying, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you benefit of fair play to that ref because if that was if that was abroad, I would have got stopped. But like I was still winning the fight, I was still four punches, but I couldn't see, I couldn't see at all. Um, out that right, hour I think it was my right eye. I know on my left eye, I can't remember one of them. <laughs> um, but um, it was totally shut. And but when when the when the last bell went, I knew I was, I knew I was world champion. I knew I'd won it. Um, it was just an amazing, amazing night. But it was a really hard night.
1: Yeah, it was a hard night, like I say. I mean it was it was such a war. Um would you say that, you know, that was perhaps the best fight of your career also in terms of, you know, entertainment value as well?
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah. 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 Looking back on it, course it was, yeah, it was the best fight of my career. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say
1: that. And like I said, yeah. the path you'd you you you'd started on, you know, coming from where you come from, the years in Ibiza and stuff like that, um, just what did it really mean to, to, to achieve, you know, a lot of people's boyhood dream in boxing, you know, a lot of people are right on track, you know, guys that have had the amateur vests, guys that have been at the Olympics and stuff like that. What yeah. did it mean to you to then become world champion from where you'd
0: come from? I was, it, it was it was it was all it, it like you say it all happens, because time goes so fast it all happens so quick Um it was it was just it was it was it was an it was an amazing thing it was it was it was just brilliant like because I could have went down such a different path well I was on that path but then I changed it boxing it literally saved my life and it did and it's given me the opportunity to do things what I'm doing now and stuff that. Uh, it's just it was it was absolutely brilliant, like to win that world title. was brilliant just to win the long tail Do you know what I mean? Like um, just to look back, um, I'm in the record books. I was I was the oldest bantamweight world champion ever until uh, Regondor took it off me of the week. Regondor won it, didn't he? Bantamweight 39, when he? 39. I was 33 years, nine nine months. I only know that because. My wife bought me a book for Christmas and uh, I opened it up and said, like, a, like you know, like a marker now. And he opened it up and there's a picture of me, Golden Aldi, in the, um, say, the oldest, the oldest world champions. And then it went down all the weights and obviously Bandon went, there's me. or well, Regan Dobie in the next one to make. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, that's cool. I think that's, that's incredibly cool. Like I say, your first defense came against Martin Ward. It ended prematurely after just two rounds due to Ward getting cut. Um, the fight ended in a technical draw. Was that a frustrating one?
0: Yeah, it was. It was very frustrating. Like I sold so many tickets for that fight. Um, I think that was that would have been if it would have went on because I would have won that fight hundred percent. I was, I was, I was, I would have been. I was like. I started really believing in selling and um, I would have been—I was like a man possessed that night. I wasn't going to lose that fight. I was, and I was bossing it. But then obviously it got cut, and it was such a letdown for all of all the fans who paid tickets, um, paid for tickets and stuff. I think, you know, like technical, technical draw. was—I think we was, I, was, I think it was what five thousand. Um, <coughs> five thousand was there that night. I think so. We we done really well, but um yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a, it was a downer, like yeah.
1: Actually, I didn't realise, but a good friend of mine was on the undercard. Eddie Chambers, he was on the undercard, strangely enough. Um, yeah, heavyweight.
0: Um, All right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but um, like I say, 2013 was a year. You, you, you'll you never forget. In some ways, I'm guessing 2014 was a year you kind of wish you could forget. Um, three fights that year, obviously the technical draw, then the loss of your world title to Paul Butler, who, if I remember correctly, moved up in weight to box you that night. Um, it ended in a split decision. Did you think you'd done enough that night, Stu? I would not fight. I
0: thought I would not fight. Everyone else thought I would not fight. I just, that's where politics comes in the box and... Um, you know what though, that was a fight where I could have made that fight so much easier. He got into my head. Him and his dad they both got into my head, Paul. But, um just like he couldn't hurt me, you know, like I was like I've sparred him before. It's when I look back, this is the thing about you know Tyson Fury's on about mental health and stuff, like I've never really known about but I think that played a big part in, in my boxing career. Like, I should have I wish I'd. So I didn't have the people around me to, to speak to me about, but like like confidence and I didn't have no confidence. If I if I had fought every person like I fought Rushi Malinga that night, I would have done so much better in my boxing after I won the world title. But I didn't. Like I went in the Paul Butler fight. I didn't do anything for five rounds. Didn't do nothing. Um, hardly anything. And I've sparred him and I. I he, did, he didn't have the power to work me, but certain things happened, and uh, obviously I started that fight practically from round six, and I, I, I still thought I won the fight, but I'd, I'd, I maybe didn't do enough early on, do you know what I mean? But one judge give it to me by two rounds, of, one judge give it to win by a round or two rounds, and one judge give it to win by six rounds, of woman judge, which was... Um, she must have been brown envelope or something I don't know because he didn't win the 5 by 6 rounds how can one just give it to two and one give it by 6 and he was like you say he was, Frank, he was under Frank Warren and Frank, he was, Paul Butler was there the night of my world title fight so I think Frank Warren and that was on the Boxing Nation I think Frank Warren and that knew what they wanted for Paul Butler down the line but I could have made that fight a lot easier man I could have I could have been an easy but I didn't and uh, it's sift some butts in it but yeah, no. Yeah, quoted. I lost the world title fight. Like, I was quitted, but it's a, it, it 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 was a like when I look back now, it was a mental. It was a mental side of things for me, and uh, obviously had to have didn't have certain things around me what what I needed when I look back.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he kind of drew you into his type of fight, really. I felt in in a lot of that. Um, I'm not saying you didn't have success doing that, but again, I, I feel like you kind of uh, you know. Throw away, you couldn't. Yeah, your yeah I did. I did
0: throw away. You, you, you're right. You're hundred percent, mate. You're right. I should have just walked in there and bossed him straight away. And he wouldn't have went. He wouldn't have even went eight rounds with me. But I didn't. I just didn't do anything. It was out. But they got in my head mentally in the press conferences and stuff. To be honest with you, yeah, they did. And me and his dad and the way they were talking. That was another. And I let them get in my head. And, 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 and boxing, is ge- boxing is a mental game. Boxing is a mental game. Eighty percent mentality, hundred um, percent. You know, I was uh, I was lost. I lost that fight before I even went in
1: it. Yeah, and you know, after Butler won the title, he moved back down in weight. It was uh, probably one of the worst decisions he ever made, by the way. But you vacated oh, the belt, and, totally and then um, you got the chance to box in Monte Carlo for the vacant title once again against Randy Caballero, a guy that kind of disappeared off the face of the earth a little oh, bit. Oh, I know. But, um, yeah, But yeah. ultimately, Stuart, Randy came out uh, victorious. And if I'm not mistaken, was that the first and last time you'd ever been dropped in a fight?
0: Do you know what, right? Uh, he caught me, and I was square. Yeah, you I walked remember, into a jab. Uh, you walked into a jab. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, I was on there. I got back up straight away. But yeah, that was... And I think that... Uh, but I think they, they even said after the fight what what... But what happened there is when I fought Randy Cablero I went down to um, I changed trainers. I um, I think I needed a change, and uh, I went down and spoke to my Paddy Lynch, who's been about in the in the boxing game. I, I don't know how many years, fifty years, but he'd, he'd he did retired. Used to work. Um, he had nine British champions from Birmingham. He was massive. Paddy and Tommy Lynch in boxing he used to work with. Um, so many people back in them days and he was retired Paddy I went down and spoke to him and he asked him if he'd help me and he'd he come out retirement help me which he didn't need to because he was he was in his 70s you know what I mean he didn't need to help me um, and he did and then he got obviously Max McCracken who was training Carl and, and I and I started training down there in Birmingham and I, I went down there to stay and done a pot of training camp away from my family And that was really hard because I'd never really trained. I'd trained hard, but not not like I'd trained down there twice a day and stuff. And it was really hard. But i tell you what, I didn't didn't half up the game. If I didn't, if I'd I'd stuck to what I was doing, I probably would have got stopped off Randy Caballero Um, because I remember that fight. I thought I won that fight. I thought, I I watched that fight back. I thought, even with the knockdown, I thought I'd still done enough to win that fight. But I think the knockdown... And our friend Steve Gray was there that night. He gave him it by six or seven rounds. It was a nap. And then he even said at breakfast Paddy had to go to him in the breakfast in the hotel the next morning. And he said, oh, I may I may have been a bit too um may have been a bit too um I can't remember exact words, but he he'd was basically he said, basically he was saying like he'd he'd maybe been a bit too too harsh, that was it. That was the word giving it by six rounds. But I, it was ridiculous. Like he didn't win that fight by six rounds at all. Um, but there's Steve Gray again. He gave that first that fight a draw against McFadden when everyone said he won him his first fight. Um, he what he just said, I don't know, mate. You've had something against me, I don't know. But uh, that that was that. But but yeah, Randy Cabell, what a great fighter. Um, but it was I think he was expecting even his trainer even said come up himself to the fight to Paddy he said. We were expecting that to be a three-round job. He said we watched his last fight against Butler and we thought three rounds max. That's what they thought. After six rounds, his dad, Randy Caballero's dad, said he he told Randy he had to get on his bike. He had to box. And that's when he started. Because he tried tried, to go to Warmi straight away and after six rounds I told him to go on his bike and use his boxing skills because he was a top amateur. And then he started running, do you know what I mean? Started boxing a bit, but it was still a great fight. we still going hell left in the twelfth round. It was a it was a great fight, but up and coming lad Golden Boy politics again, like was he gonna was I was he ever gonna win that fight, even if 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 I did win it, you know what I mean? I don't think I was. Hmm. If your name didn't fit.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. He was a good fighter, but it seemed like a real waste of talent. He never even ended up defending the title, and um, no? he was plagued with inactivity. Uh-huh. An and yeah, I'm not quite
0: sure where yeah. he is now. I, think I he, don't even know. I don't, I don't even know where he I is. I think no, he owns I'm a
1: no joke. I think he actually owns a barber shop. <laughs> Funny enough, <laughs> right? Never uh, crazy, isn't it? Crazy, crazy. But um, yeah, just you know, the knockdown. You, you sort of walked into a jab. You were square on, and then as as you walked into the jab he, he threw a right just just after it, just to kind of add yeah, to my momentum Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Just, 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 just put, sat you put, down. Put down. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a, yeah. a big knockdown or anything like that. Um, obviously, after that, you're out of the ring for about ten months. You return to winning ways and put together a four-fight win streak, including one win over former world champion Rodrigo Guerrero uh, before yeah. rematching Lee Haskins, who by this point had picked up the IBF bantamweight world title, your old belt. The outcome this time would be the same as the first one. Points win for Haskins. Talk us through that one, Stuart.
0: Ridiculous, man! I watched. Uh, he, he fell to the floor. With I've got the picture in my phone I'll just keep it. I look at it every now and again, mate. <laughs> he just fell to the floor as if, ah, how have I won this? So thank you, Lord, and all that. Right when he when he won that fight, twenty thousand people in that full arena boo boo the decision. When he when he won, and I should have I should have basically I should have started screaming straight away, but I didn't. I just I was like as soon as like they bowed every Sky pundit had me winning the fight on the night. I walked out. With the first person I seen was um, Rob McCracken. He said, Stuart, you were robbed. That's a robbery." But obviously in this, in. It, when you've just fought on that you just think, Oh, did I did that? was it was a good fight, did I win, you know what I mean? But everybody was just saying you wouldn't you pretty sure one of my friends, good close friends, was watching the fight at home and he looked on the online betting. Going into the twelfth round with Ladbrokes, which is a big, massive betting company, they don't get things wrong. He said I was one to three on with Ladbrokes to to win that fight going into the 12th round. Wow. Right, so... I won the fight, but I, did, I didn't... People were telling me, but and then again, I went away again two days or three days later um, to Dubai for holiday with my family. Um, and I should have realistically started screaming and then I might, I might have got a... Who knows? I might have got a rematch, but I didn't. I left it for about 10 weeks. Then obviously there was that many people telling me. there was a poll on Twitter it was about two two 2,900 people who, who polled on it 70% of them said I'd won the fight so the, it was just so many things I was like and then I watched then I actually watched it when I got back from Dubai I watched it I didn't watch it straight away I watched it when I got back and I scored it like it wasn't it wasn't me it was I was just watching the fight and I won the fight. I, I think I won the fight by two rounds in my on my scorecard. Um. So then I thought to myself, what can I do? Here? I uh, actually uh, I got friends with this top solicitor, and I got this solicitor to get in touch with the IBF and try and. Um, and anyway, he had a friend in the the Southern newspaper, a big newspaper, and he put he put a story in. He got in touch with the IBF and said, "Look, this the, the, all these discrepancies that that, that still won that fight." But they, did, they wouldn't overturn it. They wouldn't give me in. But I think I left it too long. I think if I did that straight away, I might have got a rematch with him because uh, I did win. I wouldn't have. I should have been double world champion. And you know what? It's hard to suck up hands when I think about it, but you can't change the past. But you know what's that fight, mate? I'm, I'm sure you're the think I've won. It's when else did. And I did. But on the night, I wasn't so sure. I was robbed and out. You know what I mean? Because you don't really know when you're in there. You don't really unless you convincingly win the fight, which I did against when I won the World time, I thought i won this fight. Haskins I wasn't too sure because he, the way he fights, you know what I mean? I'm always chasing him, but yeah, I lost the I think I lost I think I won I won one round in the first five rounds, he won four and then I just after that I just bossed it all the way through. And then when I watched it, all them sky pundits um Dave Caldwell said I won it, um Adam Smith. Who else was coming to it? No, Carl Froch, had me winning. Malinaji, he had me he had me winning. Um, it was it was just it was horrible. <laughs> because if I won that, the next fight was life changing money, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, it, did, it didn't happen, but obviously he got hit. Haskins would have got life changing money, big paid his house off and stuff, do you know what I mean? But it's uh, it's in the past. There's not what I can do about it now, do you know what I mean? I've just got to stay up it and enjoy my life. Whatever, whatever it brings.
1: I remember it being the 0-2 arena, obviously, on that Golovkin-Brook undercard was a massive, massive night. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Um... I actually remember speaking to Lee Haskins in an interview before that fight and he, he must have said this tongue-in-cheek because it didn't come close to happening but I, I asked him his prediction for the fight and he actually said he, he was going to get a stoppage within six rounds. That, that was his prediction if I remember correctly which obviously no one I don't think can have yeah. done yeah. to do, you to be honest, Stuart.
0: <laughs> you no, <know>. no. <Nah>, nah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's, it, but it, 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 and it's it's so frustrating looking back as well because I had a I did in my head that, listen, this for all the way up until in the camp and everything went brilliant and I had in my fight. Look, remember the last fight? You didn't know how to do anything. You just started slow. This fight, going there, it's a six-round fight. You've got six rounds to win the fight. And I, 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 I don't know what happened. I, don't know. I went in there and I, I didn't do anything. I was at my trainer was screaming at me. I, do, I started slow again when I should have just went out there and he was on his last legs in that 12 round when I was putting it on him but dude, this is the thing them fights I should have been putting it on him from round one I went in there again I got out and I didn't leave it all in there and it's the things what you regret you know what I mean and I wish I could just have a couple a couple more years in my body because then I could go back and go back and um but I uh, turned 28 um. I'm four years old now. Uh, your body, your body just just packs up, and in the end, it just it, it's like it's a young man's body, isn't it? But I won that fight. It's just one of them. You've got to suck it. up.
1: Even though you felt like you won that fight, would you say after that that you was that was that perhaps your decline there?
0: Um, I don't know because that fight there, I was I was I was in just nick. I just think I didn't. I should have, if I, I, everything went brilliant. Sparring, you should have seen me sparring. I was sparring like eight and ten rounds two with Cal and then two with a, a tricky opponent, two with Cal 2 I, I was just in and out. I was, everything was just, that was, I was unbelievable, especially for my age. For my age, I was absolutely unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? I should have just, but I, I do think I am. Um, I like I should've I should have challenged that to shin straight away and then things would've would have been different but that's all i say. Uh, but but yeah, um after that I probably was on the decline, you know. Um he just I was just probably chasing, chasing it, chasing it and chasing it after that. That was me my, my trainer Paddy, he's he's, he's taught, he was he's told me, he said, Look, he's been around boxing that long, he's like that's it now, you know, I mean, you've got no to prove, and he's trying to ask me to retire. But my mind has told me the, the, the,
1: otherwise. And you were out the ring for nine months before returning. Um, obviously, uh, a win when you returned against Jose Aguilar. And then, of course, came the, the two back-to-back losses, the rematch with Paul Butler and then a final loss to Gavin McDonnell. Um, if you want to just give us a couple of words on either of those fights, and then, of course, your decision to then retire from boxing permanently.
0: Yeah, well, but that butterfight, the fight, right? I um, I had like a in that training camp, me my, my left foot and my left shins was like was like a tingling sensation, as if like shin splints. I thought, is that shin splints? when oh, I was running and stuff, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't like nail down what it was, and I was asking Carl in that in the gym, like it might be shin splints, you know, and I was, so I went and seen else osteopath, and uh, he said, look, you might. It might be like some sort of sciatica, it might have some sort, it might have a bulging disc or something in your back. So all the way through that camp, I was having this, like, and then it was going further up my leg, so it was as if it was sciatica, do you know what I mean? And then, and I'll be honest with you, training was, I was getting in the gym and starting, when I was starting, like, my like my shoulders and my like the legs I were feeling a little bit tired before I'd even trained. I wasn't telling everybody this but I was thinking wow my shoulders are hurting you know and then that's when I'm thinking in Yeah, is it, is it is this time you know what I mean but I still I was, too, I, I was sparring brilliant. Like I was sparring calling Gamal. Um they're too too young to fight is was sparring unbelievable them I, I would believe you and I was no punch bag in that gym you can ask them yourself um, I was sparring unbelievable but obviously Paul Butler he's just, he's just a runner for that was a runner but everything was going brilliant apart from that little numbness in my leg after, um, it, was, it was going alright but I didn't I didn't I didn't do my weight so well again but I wasn't watching I thought I was losing weight and I wasn't and honestly I crashed a lot of weight towards the end of that it was ridiculous anyway it was it was when you seen Jamie Macdonald against. Um, it was in Inu uh, in, in um did you see the state of the men's scales? I was, I'd say, I was on par with as bad as him when I got on the scales for Paul Butler, the second time. I couldn't even hardly stand up. I did it all wrong. The trainer wasn't happy with me. You know what I mean? He was. He knew. He knew. He was like, "Nah, this is this is uh, this isn't right." <clears throat> I lost obviously the weight. The weight killed me. That was the first ever time I was ever scared to make the weight, and i had done the weight. Um, I had done it all wrong. I hands up to myself, but I went in. I still went in that fight. I still went twelve rounds. I got outboxed. I couldn't. I couldn't. It was one of them ones a bit like uh, fair play from Scott Quinn doing it where he could see the shots and let them go, and he wasn't letting them go. And that was the only. That was the fight where I just I couldn't. I would like to say that I think that was the, that was telling me look this is the end. But I man, was telling me to. But I'd, I'd I'd killed myself in the way anyway, so I had no chance of winning that fight. Well, the way I did the way, it was just ridiculous. I'd um, I'd weighed in and I would put so much weight back on. It was the yeah, adrenals. It was just ridiculous. It was it was the worst. It was so unprofessional what I did. But. I lost the fight, um, fair play at butler. I'd uh like you said, I was walking him down this time and he was just running and running away from me. He didn't hurt me once, but the last three rounds, I'd say I won the last three rounds and that fight me and uh to do what I to do what I did to make a weight to even <coughs> even get through them twelve rounds was, was amazing anyway. But yeah, that was that was definitely if they had a decline I'd fight that.
1: Yeah, I mean like I say you've, you know a, a lot of people in that condition wouldn't have gone th- those rounds you know you, you've always proved your your toughness in the ring um, did you want to say a, a last word on, on the McDonald
0: fight? Yeah um, Gavin McDonald another one where I must have been declining because bad. I've sparred Gav. no disrespect to him I like him but he, I remember the first time I spied him I thought I come back around he spied me in Birmingham and I come back at the end of round two, and I was like to Max I said is he going easy on me? here what and then I went out the third round and he was just exactly the same and I was thinking oh my god he's got absolutely now he couldn't hurt me all you remain and uh, I said I was and then I, I went labai, I mean the this was like I don't know, was this a year later after the butterfly or something? By that time, my full left leg was numb, right? Totally, not like totally numb. I could feel it, but I was getting a red-up bath. It was a, a skull, not bath. i get in my left leg. I couldn't feel it. Get my right leg. I was like, ah, ah, red up that. It was that numb. And, and, and then the osteopath said, look, you need a scan. So I went and got a scan. At the bottom of that, this was this was it. going through the training camp uh, for McDonald's fight. I went went and got a scan at the start. This no, I would had a scan before the train before the train before the train got a the scan. The bulging disc, no bulging, a slight bulging at the bottom. Nothing normal for the age. It was just, all right. So why why is my leg numb? Why is this this why is this like nerve damage No, not? And I went for another scan of the hips especially said, look, let's get a scan of the hips. So i got a scan of the hips. Six weeks later, n- n- no, nothing wrong with the hips. I was like, something is wrong. My leg is numb. It's been numb for over a year. It's still numb now. What is the problem? Do you know what I mean? Then anyway, I got the, fight, but I got the McDonald fight. When I got the McDonald fight, that's when I got the scan of my full spine. I said, look, can we get a?" Get one of your full. We need to do a thing of your full spine because there's a problem somewhere. Then um, we'd got the results back the week before um, the government McDonald fight. Training is all been going good. I've just got used to ignoring the leg. My leg was numb, sparring. It was. This is the and the McDonald fight. I moved up in weight to super weight. I got a new. I, I, I trained. Started, I trained. Done this camp in Darlington because. <clears> the <throat> old trainer, Paddy, he was, like, advising me to not fight, and he's saying, look, you, you just do it, don't fight, me. It's, it's over, do you know what I mean, just let it go, and I, uh, I said, no, Paddy, I'm all right, I'm, uh, I'm going to do it, blah, 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 and he's like, look, well, I don't think you should, and I was like, well, I'm going to train down, and he said, right, well, was sound, he was, he, was just, he just, he seen the game, and he, he obviously knew I was on the decline, he's like, look, you don't, you've got nothing to prove, but well, then um, a week before, seven days, uh, the day after, I tell you what, the day after I was sparring um, uh, Charlie Edwards, and obviously he's, I think, it, well, I thought, well, he wasn't a world champion then. I don't think was he. I think he was, he was going on to, yeah, no, he wasn't a world champion. He would have been a world champion qualified tough, But I was sparring Charlie Edwards the next day, ten rounds. But then I went and seen, got these results. I walked in, and I was like, listen are you going to give me an injection today and just sort this out? What's the problem? Like, have you got the results? And I was buzzing. Obviously, you would. A week before a big fight at the um, Newcastle Arena on Sky Sports, I was absolutely buzzing. Do you know what I mean? I was thinking, this is it. It's a must-win fight. Then the blog said, can you sit down, Stuart? I said, what's the matter? I said, he went, I need to show you something. He said, I'm going to show you now on the screen. That's where the problem is. I had a bulging disc in the top of my neck. C4, C5, I can't remember what they call them but, and he said that there's his spinal cord, he said look at that spinal fluid, and he was showing me these these pictures of this, this fluid what's down, he said that's fluid there he said see there where it's pushing against there's no fluid, there's no fluid both ends he said that is bad he said you can't be boxing anymore this was seven. Days. I was sparring Charlie Edwards the next day, ten rounds. He was coming down to and to spar me for ten rounds. I don't think Charlie's. Uh, I don't think. I think he. Uh, he was, now he knows what happened. He wasn't very happy. I don't think he's very happy with me because, obviously, i had I'd found out that news and um, he said to me, Stuart, you can't fight. If you get punched in the jaw, you don't even have to get knocked out. He said, trust me, you could be paralyzed. Mm with that he said we need you need we need to operate on this ESAP then they they need they need taken out that spinal cord he he said trust me he said I hope you're listening to me I was you can imagine that I was uh, a week before my last fight obviously uh, it was it was that was that was horrible I was I sat down I was like I'm going to pull out the fight he was going right I hope you do Stuart this is on record now told you this, hope you listen to me. He said, You can't spar Do not be Spartan. He said, You cannot be fighting next week next weekend. I was like, I won't I want to it." but me being me. I was saying that to him because I thought if he rings the boxing board, <laughs> the boxing board will put a stop to the fight. Oh my gosh. I thought I can win this fight. I can win this fight. But I think do you know what? If I never went and got them results that day, I think I'd have went in there and I think with so the mentality I had, I would have, I would have won that fight, you know. And and then it's another, it's another thing going in the mental, in the mental thing, right? If I hadn't went and got the results of him, and, and I didn't know anything, I would have won in there. I was gone for so confident, it was the best I've ever made any title fight in my full career. On the morning of that weigh I had to just get on a bike for 20 minutes and lose half a pound. That is it. That is the best I've ever done the weight. Every other, every other, um, every other, every title fight, I'm, I'm about to take a good few pounds off, you know what I mean, to make Badham way That is the best I've ever wear. the best I've ever felt at, at, a, at a press conference, weighing, you know what I mean, before the fight. But um, anyway, I sparred Charlie, the next day, I sparred Charlie, 10 rounds, but I'd, after what he told me, I didn't spar that well. I, I, um, I just think... And my dad, my dad coming actually, my dad, oh, he's, he's been from the full my dad come watch the spa, and after the spa, he was, what was the matter, anyway, I said, uh, no, sir, I've worked with your dad now, and then obviously he left, dead, dead, went and that, I'd got in the car with my dad, and I said, uh, I told him what, what the, what the um, the specialist had told me the day before, and he was like, you're going to have to pull out, I went, I'm not pulling out, dad. He said, I can't believe you've just started there. He said, but... I said, Dad, if I hadn't known about it, I I wouldn't know that. And I'd just carry on doing what I'm doing. If I didn't know that was there, and they're saying I could get paralysed, I said, I'm not going to get paralysed. Dad, he's not a puncher. Gavin McDonald's not a puncher. If it was a car fandom or someone who's a known puncher, Dad, trust me, I've got three kids, a lovely wife, I'd pull out. And he was like... But I wish not had told me, you know, and he's, he's yelling at me, "Daddy, he's just I wish he hadn't told me." So he, I told him. Obviously, I told my wife. She was past herself. She, she, she. But I said, "Look, just stick by me." But I didn't tell. I didn't tell. Um, I didn't tell Max McCracken, I didn't tell my trainers. I didn't tell no one. I just kept it to myself. I done that last. That was my last spar with Charlie. I didn't spar that well, but and then I fought. In my head, my, my back, and my neck was hurt. But I think that was the same box. I knew what was going on with, with myself. And then obviously the night of the fight, but I just think going into that fight because I knew what I knew, it held me back a little bit in the fight. And the leg, you could see me leg, and I was on the decline mentally. I think if I hadn't got them results, I would have won the fight, and I would, have, it would have been a lot better fight. But I just think like you said, it comes to an end boxing, and that was my end uh, that night. I still went out twelve rounds. Dave Caldwell said, "I'm a freak for my age." That's what he said to me. I'll never forget it. He said, "You're a freak for your age, you." That was on the night when that. And um, then I thought, I thought, I thought I boxed well, knowing what I'd known remain that I know now I had to get a, and I had to get and I had to get operated on which I've been operated on and, in all honesty that was uh, in 20 retire, in I got operated in 2018 my leg, is, left leg is still numb now um, my right side now is is worse than before I got operated on I've actually been back to see the surgeon to say look what's going on and he's saying everything is happening because it's nothing to do with the surgery the surgery's went well the discs, new discs are in, they're in place everything's alright there, been back for another scan just waiting on the results of that he doesn't think anything's going to come back without the surgeon but he's saying what I can say is my right side now it's as if it's asleep Um, I'm not going to say because my wife she works in the hospital, she goes don't say that, don't say that, don't say that uh, because I'm, I put it down as if when someone has a stroke and the, the one side doesn't work, that's what my right side is like now. I'm functional. I play golf and stuff. I walk about. I, I, I tra- <clears throat> I, I'm, I've obviously got, got me, my little business going. To, I'm working in schools with kids, training them, and um, I'm doing um, doing really good, enjoying it. So I'm functional, but my right leg, it's, 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 it's as if it's asleep. You know, like it's, when I try and balance on it, I'll fall over on it, and and I haven't got much grip on my right 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 hand, and I'm right-handed. I can hardly write. If you told me to write an essay now on a book, I'd probably be able to write it, but it'd be a mess because I can't. And then sometimes the, the pen the pen just gives way. Like I can't grip the pen for long, and that's since the operation because it wasn't as bad before the operation, but. So hopefully, like you say, it's, it's a spinal um, obviously it's a spinal operation and the uh, things take time. So ho- hopefully uh things get things get get better. Um I hope they do anyway. But like you say, I'm not a younger, I'm forty years, I've I've, I've pounded my body for the last ten years now. Most uh Bantam weights are retiring by the time they're thirty, now was just in my peak, was not I? So it's one of them. <laughs>
1: No, listen. I'm <clears throat> my my fingers across for, for for everything to turn out right with that. Um, I was yeah. I was going to ask you, Stu, if if um, you know making a decision to retire was was a tough one, but it kind of sounds like you didn't really have a choice in the end, sort of thing.
0: Nah, do you know? And 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 as mad as I was I uh, I I had the operation pretty fast after that fight. I was thinking, get this operation done six months later, I'll be built of a fight again. <laughs> that's what I was. But, but, yeah, but, uh, like, I've always been one of these where I said to myself I wouldn't kick the ass out of boxing. And um, I was on the verge of maybe doing that. But, like you say, I've set up um, a company now. It's called Hall of Famers. Um, and I'm working in schools, doing non-contact boxing programmes. I'm actually, obviously, look, I'm from a rough background, mate. I probably would write a book one day and, until tell some stories, what people would be amazed of what I've done and what I've been through. Uh, um, But I'm I'm not quite ready to write that yet. I'll write that when when I'm ready. But honestly, I've uh, I've had a a, a crazy, crazy, I mean crazy life. But I'm on the right path. I'm doing good now. Um, I'm actually working, believe it or not, in 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 a young prison. I've just got, I'm working in Doing this uh, program in in this prison now right near me, it's uh, a secure unit mm-hmm. for young young um, young offenders. I was a little man, my friend. I was a little twat myself back in them days, back in the school days and stuff. And uh, I'm working with a lot of a lot of naughty kids as well. Um, but I, I, as soon as I start work, like I, I relate to them straight away. We're like. I don't know. I've got a connection to these kids because I'm from the street. I'm from a rough background. I'm from doing dodgy stuff. I'm from this. I'm from that. I'm, and if I can pass over and and turn up these kids, which I know I can, um, it's giving me a buzz because I know boxing's finished. Boxing's over, but uh, at the same time, when bo- you've got you've got to pro- I've got to provide for my family as well. So like you say, but I'm enjoying it. And if you've got a job, what you enjoy. It's, part, it's half the battle, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I wouldn't like to think that I was... Actually, i tell you what, I was on a roof yesterday because I was roofing back in the British level days. I was roofing. And, and I mean, proper hard grass roofing. I um, I was back on the roof not yesterday. Yeah, yes, not yesterday, the day before. Um, My last, his dad, live around the corner. He's made some pointing done on his, uh on his ridge tires, right? And I thought I said, I'll do it for I've been asked me for weeks. I'll do it for you. I promise you, he's out working work yourself. I'll surprise him. I went up, I'd done three hours, honestly, three hours on this roof, uh, with my dodgy leg as well. <laughs> you know me, but I'm, not, I'm not so much the best balancer. <laughs> but uh, I was up on the roof for three hours and uh, I t- surprised him. So when he came home from work, I, I rang him and said, yeah, are, you bl- are you blind? You've not looked outside and he's like, because he was in his garden. So he looked at the, uh, the sky and he's like, you mean been around, doing my child's leg? I said, Yeah, I've done my. He said, oh, Brilliant, brilliant. But I tell you what, I was absolutely pagged, I was. Three hours on. I was only doing a bit of pointing as well, but I've still got it, but, like, uh, it's, uh, I think I'm retired from, from the lovers again for another few years because, you know what I mean, I could have, I couldn't, when you run out of money, which everyone does, money comes to cause, imagine me, become, imagine me having to get back on the roof now, do you know remain I mean, doing a job, that's tough, or imagine me having to get a job in a factory, or, I don't, I'm I'm doing this, giving stuff back to kids and passing on information, passing on things mentally, like mental, like the the thing, the mental side of boxing for me. You know, like I've I only just realised I, I, I could have done something somehow back then with that, and if I can pass on knowledge now uh, and do some of what I'm enjoying, it's half the battle isn't it. Like I'm 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 being able to, being able to put food on the table for me. For my kids and my wife and and do a job what I'm en- I'm enjoying. It. I am I'm enjoying it and who knows I might I might open a gym in the future. I don't you know what I mean? Maybe someone I look at. But I'm I'm doing something what I enjoy and uh, it, that's that's just half the battle. And boxing give me that and boxing. Like I say, if it wasn't for boxing, trust me, I would. I, I know a lot of boxers say this, but I would have been. I would have been in prison or I could have been dead. Um, without a shadow of a doubt and then boxing just totally saved my life and I'm so so thankful for it and it it's, it's it's just like you say it definitely changes lives and all these bad things that are happening obviously I know the bad things happening in the world with this virus but I'm saying like the knife crime and stuff and um it's it's a hundred percent positive boxing for for helping young kids um Without a shadow of a doubt, and that's why I'm going to keep uh, keep on that path. Yeah, because I
1: was going to ask you, Stu, what are you up to these days? But you've pretty much answered that question. Yeah, really yeah without I've me uh, that, yeah. without me having to ask yeah. it. Um, I want to ask yeah. you a couple couple of sort of quick questions. I'm going to throw three questions into one a little bit here. <clears> Do you ever <throat> miss boxing? Um, and also, did you have any regrets in your career? Perhaps you know you'd like to fault someone that you didn't get a chance to fight. So, kind of three questions in one there for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh, I miss boxing. Yeah, yeah. But I only, do you know what? I only miss it about it. like I, I'll, I, I'll, like, I don't, I don't miss it when I'm not talking about it, and I don't miss it when I'm not watching it. And I'm not one of these, I'm not one of these mad boxing fans that watches the boxing every time it's on. And there's a couple of good fights on what I want to watch. And the, and the the, reg, the regrets, I think I've got regrets. I think the regrets I've got is not being on the scene as much as what I should. Like, and I think. Cause when i've got a fight now and i'm sitting ringside and i'm watching the fights i'm like "Why well, he should be doing this he should be doing that and i've been a couple of shows where and you get a proper buzz but when i was um when i was boxing i wasn't i wasn't going to them shows as much i wasn't like you know being in the limelight a bit like getting me get myself out there like like you know like when. I know, like like and Gamal, they're always you see them always on the, the shows. I go had big show mate, on Matchroom and that, but um, I I didn't I didn't go around the scene as much. I think if I did, maybe I would have had that bit bit of a buzz for to win the fight and to I just stayed away from it. And which uh, maybe apart from when I was training and stuff, I didn't really go on the shows where. That's that's a regret. I wish I I wish I'd got along the scene a bit more.
1: And like I say, was there anyone that you'd have liked to have fought but didn't
0: get the chance to fight? Um. Mm, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like. To, I would have liked to fight James McDonald again. To be honest with you. I wish. I, I wish me and Jim would have got it on. Maybe when I obviously, if I think if I had if I hadn't got ripped off, I thought I wouldn't have first fought the fight. If I have, wouldn't have. It see, I've like been so close to life-changing things, I think, in my, when I look back. Like, if I beat Paul Butler, I think either, did I did have a mandatory to fight Caballero. I would have probably got a because U- Jamie McDonald won the World title then. I think me and him would have met a unification. So, But yeah, Jamie, 100%. At that time, though, where we were both right up there, I mean, it would have been, I think that would have been a, a really interesting fight.
1: And who would you have said was the best fighter that you fought as a pro? Um it doesn't just have to be in a fight, it could it could even be sparring if you liked, but who was the best fighter? Who was the most complete fighter that you boxed? Um
0: that's another question. That is a Very, very odd question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um As in what do you mean as like, in I, I guess I'd say that... if, if you threw all of your
1: opponents in in some kind of crazy uh, tournament and they all had to box each other, who would who'd finish? Who who'd be the you know the victor? If you like, I
0: don't know because obviously I think um, Malinga that night was just it was just I don't I don't think many bantamweights would have beaten that night. I'm not being big-headed now, but I just think uh, like you 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 said yourself, I was a man possessed that night, and that's what I've. When I look back at it, I sort of think I was. So, I but Malinga was just—it was a bit. I don't know. Well, you 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 probably have to say it. they're not all round, all round for boxing and movement, and you'd you'd have to say Jamie McDonnell really. I think. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Yeah, that's a fair shout. Yeah, um... I think
1: Jamie.
0: Yeah, because he, he had it all. He could fight. He could move. And he had a real good boxing leg. yeah, know, Jeremy and his Yeah, Jeremy McDonald's hundred percent.
1: And just coming down to the last couple of quick questions, um, I want to ask, Stu, if you've got any advice that you'd give to, you know, to someone that could be listening to this that, you know, could could potentially be in the same position you were once in, you know, starting out their boxing journey as a young guy, perhaps not from, you know, the the most fortunate background. Yeah. What would be your advice to them?
0: How would you say? Listen, like if you're on the if you're on if you're on the path of of of, of British, you're being on like world level. And one, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself mentally. And if if you don't, if you if you if you're, if you're a little bit like me, I wasn't I wasn't I wouldn't say I wouldn't I wouldn't say how exactly I was I was that mentally strong. Talk to someone. Get somebody to pick you up. You know what I mean. Tell you 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 know what I mean. Get somebody to. Basically pick you up and tell you you are as good as what you think you are. You know what I mean? Because if you are as good as what you think you are, just believe in yourself 100% and um, and just go and grab it. You know what I mean? And uh definitely give it 100% because when boxing's over, which happens to everyone, it will be over, and it and it goes so fast. Don't take any days for granted. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Enjoy and en, enjoy enjoy every enjoy every session. Enjoy every sometimes I get you'd be in a session and you'd be like, oh, be, you're like wishing the week away but realistically you should be just going in there and every hour you're gonna train, just give it give it your life that every hour and then you giving it a hundred percent and you've got the talent and you've got the fitness, you'll win. You'll you'll do it.
1: And just finally, Stuart, um, if you've got any closing words whatsoever, if there's perhaps something I haven't asked you, or just if you want to get anything off your chest before the interview finishes, um, just yeah, the the floor is yours. Say whatever you like before we let you go.
0: No, I'm just uh, I'm just so so grateful for so grateful to boxing itself, Um so grateful for what boxing has done for for me as a person, and um, me as a life. is when I look back. Um, it's 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 helped me out. You know what I mean? It's it's helped me out in so many ways. Um, it's it's given me what the, the opportunities and it's put me in the record books. Um, it's put me on the right path to meet the woman I've been with 16 years, married eight years, maybe nine. She 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 me for if I get that wrong. But uh, I wasn't far away. Three beautiful kids. So you know I me. Mean? I'm absolutely overwhelmed the with what boxing has done for I me, and um, anyone out there is uh, chasing the dream of boxing, just keep chasing, you know what I mean, never give up.
1: For sure. And like I say, Stu, you know, the, the work you're doing, you know, right now in the community, going to the prison, doing what you're doing at schools and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's unbelievable yeah. stuff. You know, excellent. Congrats to yourself for doing that. But listen, Stuart, like I say, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, my friend. Thank you so much for, you know, joining me this time to go through your entire career. It's been a complete pleasure. And I hope that we can speak again in the future, my friend.
0: Absolute uh, pleasure speaking to you as well, mate. Thank you very much.
1: Okay, and this wraps up episode 231 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. A massive thank you to my sole guest on this week's show, the former IBF bantamweight world champion, Stuart Hall. Um, Like I say, a real in-depth, honest and open interview there with Stuart Hall. A long interview as well, so that's something for you all to listen to in this little um, dying down slash dead period in boxing where a lot of people are stopping podcasts as well. We've delivered once again again um, that is for you the listeners like i say if you've got any topics you want us to discuss on next week's show please send them in to me on twitter at box podcast remember to wash your hands at all times thank you all like i say once again for listening remember to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend we shall see you all again next week until then take care